All right, ready? <laughs> we, how, how many minutes was that? That was only, it was only 20 minutes. <laughs> it was 20, 20 whole minutes. Well, welcome back to the Miranda's Pod. <laughs> this is, <laughs> we are recording so, our 100th episode and I forgot to hit record. Oh. We and, and you know what the thing is, is I've been waiting for this moment because throughout <laughs> throughout these 100 episodes, the amount of times that I have fucked up with some sort of technology, I now sit with my charger like it's a goddamn bomb waiting for this thing to maybe unplug. It's happened to me so many times. We're going to, guys, we just recorded a little bit. We're back into it. We're getting back. Welcome to our 100th episode. Welcome. Uh, we're a well-oiled machine. We also, I, you know what? Let's do it. Like, thank you for listening. Yeah, like, thank you so much. This um, this podcast is a joy in our life, and we hope that it brings joy to you. Whether it's just like a silly thing we say and you laugh, or something you think about, you know, if it's yeah, this has just been so much fun to do, and the fact that this is our hundredth one is really exciting. And today we're going to be kind of reviewing the season five, episode six. This episode, like honestly, it's not super memorable. We've got a couple things we'll talk about at the end, but the the, the chunk of this hundredth episode is us going over some questions that people submitted. Yeah. So thank you to people who you. submitted questions or anything. Um, they were really fun to read and go over. A lot of them made us laugh and made us made us think. And we're going to kind of go back and forth and go over some of the questions and. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Let's do it. Let's get into it. I'm going to ask the first question, which I already had asked. <laughs> That's okay. I'm going to try my best to give you a an authentic response. We were, guys, we were killing it before. We were just like. I know. I did. I, yeah, I was, I was cracking up. <laughs> okay, but we're going to do it again. This is from our listener, Katie. What is one thing you love about your co-hosts? podcasting style so ever even when I listen to the podcast because I, I do listen to our episodes you know after we air them and just like doing this with you right now you on the podcast are exactly how you are offline okay so <laughs> online IRL you're the exact same and so you bring an amazing authenticity your sense of humor your great you're really a great ability to tell a story and make people laugh and lead someone there so your that style of just like humor authenticity and really good storytelling that it's one of the reasons why I'm like I really enjoy being friends with you and so having that on the podcast I think is is just really nice so that's thank, what I like about your style thank you Sarah well I have a few things. The first thing I like about your podcasting style is your ability to make a question feel new and an answer feel new, even though we already recorded it. <laughs> but I would say the main thing is, I mean, definitely piggyback off of you, which is like, you have a really, you're like, you're very quick and f clever and funny. And I feel like you're able to like, you know, if I make a joke, you like can stack right on top of it and vice versa. And so I think it's a really good collaboration. And I think that like you can like see, I don't know, just like find a lot of humor in the show. But I would say specifically the main thing um, is that I you're, you're super articulate. And so whenever I also like listen back, I'm like, wow, Sarah said that just like so succinctly. 
And I think a lot of that relates to you being a special education teacher, actually. <laughs> when you when you see it, you just call it out. Yeah, because you're really good at like, you know, talking about different behaviors and different kinds of people and and just like kind of observing people in that like kind of a different light. Um, and so I think your point of view is really uni- unique when it comes Aww. to a show about sex <laughs> in the early aughts. <laughs> oh, that made, that made me feel great. I, I just, I love a compliment. Thank you so much. Um, what has been, um, what what has been an unexpected joy of the podcast? Or like, what have you really enjoyed about doing this podcast? Um. I think I think the creative collaboration um, has been really great. Um, you know, professionally, like my job is a creative design job. And so like I guess there's an outlet for creativity there. But I think in many ways, just profession, like my my career is very oriented to delivering like a product that does well and has sales and whatever. But I, I think what I really love about our pod is that we have like a, a very like almost close-knit community and it doesn't, I don't feel like a sense of pressure to like make it like super big and super whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like pretty like full and like satiated from A, doing it, B, having friends come on and C, having people reach out to us that like we've, maybe like connected with them in some way or touch them in some way and so I think that's like really cool and almost like like the a phenomenon of the internet which is like we put this on the internet and then we we hear from people from the internet and like we've become friends with Audrey who is someone we met through doing this I am absolutely and I think the something you you just said which really touched me because it's how I feel and I was kind of like listening to our podcast and sometimes I'll I'll like have conversations with myself like as you know you do the same thing and I was almost you know thinking about the the podcast and like no it's not big we don't have a a million listeners or or a hundred thousand and and that's okay and I and I and I think in our society there's this this emphasis on like scale and commodification and monetizing everything and result which yeah and result and I and those I, I understand those values I get why those are important but I also think wow this is the hundredth episode. This is a hundred times that I've sat with a friend, talked oh. for an hour, laughed and connected. Yeah. How many times we collaborated and asked questions and got creative. And and I was like, well, that's what I value. Yeah. So what I value is maintaining a close friendship who was somebody who's just so important to me, who was long distance. Mm-hmm. And I remember when you moved away and this like kind of ache that I felt mm-hmm that this like where is like my my friend what Mm -hmm. what what will happen and Mm -hmm. so to think like well we've spent time cultivating a Mm -hmm. friendship talking about something silly like if I looked in the world of things I value like relationships are at the heart of it and I Mm -hmm. think what you said connecting with people on the podcast making a new friend Andre and I are really close friends now and I met her through the podcast Mm -hmm. and and our friends who support us and so I think something small is just as valuable as something that's just on a larger scale. Yeah. And it just depends on wh- what metric you're using for success. Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, and I think um, I think this leads us into a good, the other good question. I think 
Katie sent it in. I'm not sure about female friendships. Did you want to ask that one? Or oh, I? yeah. I'll ask away. Um, how have your expectations of female friendships changed from college onward? I believe that's from a, um, a girl named, someone named Heather. <laughs> little hp are you listening <laughs> thank you a, per, um, a person and, out there named heather um submitted you know it. what and i i like that heather asked this because heather um is <laughs> when i when i think about heather and similar to to you um you know one of my just 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 almost not even a friend i see her more like a sister mm-hmm. in a lot in a lot of ways and so mm-hmm. she's somebody who will tell me very honest with me and be very <laughs> truthful which i think is the hallmark of a good friend who can say i'm i see this i'm going to call it out and i'm going to tell you this and she has at times said to me you know i i want you to call i want you to reach out i feel like i'm making the effort and i realize that with a lot of friendships, I'll wait for somebody to call me. And I'll always say yes. Yeah. I, I'm always there. I'll answer. I'll yeah. call. But what Heather, in a lot of ways, and other friends have challenged me, is like, no, I need you to like do the things that I'm doing for you. And I think back to like the friendship expectations from college onward. In college, you're in this one place. Mm-hmm. The friendships just kind of naturally sustain themselves by being in proximity or and as you now, so politely put <laughs> people were just around <laughs> people were just around right hey you want to hang out and now like we live in different states in different time zones and so the intentionality of friendships and investing in them oh yeah and putting in the effort and saying yes and showing up it that really changed after college and so my expectations now are a lot more on myself that I have to do it yeah I can't just expect people and I need to put that effort in and yeah. Carrie touched on this a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. with, with Miranda and she was really she said it well that it's like an investment in the future mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah I think the <laughs> Carrie um so yeah I think the the expectation is about the intentionality and putting an effort um just how important that is what about you what what have how have your expectations of female friendships changed from from college onward well we were joking earlier that I didn't know what this question was about <laughs> I was like, expectations of female friendships from college onward, huh? Um, I think just in general, like, I think, you know, something that I've learned, you know, we're we're 34, or I'm 34, you're almost 34 in a few days. Um, and, like, I, 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 like, I'm thinking about longevity. I'm thinking about, like, deepness that has, you know, we've reached with friendships um, and I think, and I don't know if this is like r- particularly like, I just feel like, uh, I feel like we're all like, I'm, we're all like rooting for each other's team. Like we're all in the same, yeah. like, but each other's unique team. So like, I, like, I don't necessarily know what sport or how each person's sport might work, but I'm rooting for them. So you know, for example, like I, I don't know what my friends do, and I don't, <laughs> and I don't think they know what I do for a living, really. And like, I don't fully know, like, you know, the ins and outs of people's careers or their romantic journeys, like necessarily. But I'm rooting for them. I want them to do well at their job, and. I want them to get the romantic path and life path that they want. Like I want them to get the 
the the life path that they want to be on and so i'm rooting for friends in that way and i think um i think that is what's i guess a really cool thing about like long female friendships and just friendships in general I, I, yeah, I, I love that you said the, the rooting for other people because I, I do think in all friendships and relationships, there can be this element of competitiveness and, and envy is real. And in all human relationships, we experience envy. And I think there's this point, especially after you turn a certain age, where people are just on their different timeline. Yeah. There are people who, whether it's money, relationships, career success, everyone after college really branches in a different timeline. Yeah. So you really really can stand on whether you feel like you're in the sidelines or you're doing it to cheer for for people and I I have to always remember that that like yeah like your friend's success is your success yes your friend winning or doing or being like that's you you want the circle to do well and I think yeah. you know I I think back to middle school friendships that like kind of like almost like sick competitive energy mm, and I find that dissipates yeah. as you've gotten get older the feeling like if somebody has that means I don't have mm. and I like that as I've gotten older that energy that like maybe maybe it was just me maybe I was a bitch I don't know but like maybe it's the middle competitive child in me but I like that as I've gotten older that's kind of gone I think we're now you just root let go of shitty people. <laughs> you know what? That's true. I mean, think, think in like college, let, let just go. like, oh, but, but also it's like something that I think, which we also see in the show is like, you know, I think when you're younger, there's this like naive notion that like you really want like your friend's boyfriend or girlfriend, like you want to be friends with them too. Like you want everyone to like all be buddy, buddy chum and super chummy. But like, I just want my friends to be happy, you know, yeah. and in love or not in love, whatever they want, you know, and like, and and also like not with like a terribly abusive person, <laughs> but like you know what I mean, like I I yeah. I I want uh, yeah again, it's like just like rooting for someone um and their team um, but also like we we were also talking earlier about the concept of sisterhood. Um. <laughs> <laughs> always um, always and like how like um sarah and like some people in our group were in a sorority but the true moment of sisterhood was <laughs> was during a very specific moment in college <laughs> which included me and sarah and i think heather <laughs> probably I, probably and it was like a, i think it was like a monday before thanksgiving where it was like some people were still in town some people had already left for the break or whatever um and we got like super stoned in your bedroom and we all like agreed so, like somehow like simultaneously that we were <laughs> going to go to mcdonald's to eat and sarah's twin brother was gonna take us and it was just so riveting and exciting that we arrived at this concept and sarah literally jumps in the air and throws a fist and goes sisterhood <laughs> not ironically no, I, I I remember this 
It's so, and it, this is a memory that's been in the back of my mind, but you're right. This was before I did anything, I, like ironically. This was full sincerity, me <laughs> feeling just in that moment connected to you guys that we were all simpatico, we're on the same page. Like how fucking good would McDonald's sound and how great would it be if Nick took our car because it was his, his week with the car to pull up and pick us up and take us there. And that yeah. feeling of connecting with your friends and just sister. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I don't think I ever lived it down. I, I, I think um, people made fun of me quite a bit after that because of its sincerity. But the best um, is when we called him, like, on speakerphone. And it was like, it was like we thought it was an absolute shoo-in. Like, we were like, <laughs> we're like okay, Nick, like, take us to McDonald's. And it was literally like, no. <laughs> like, no. What? What? I, like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm busy right now. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that, that's so incredible. I'm going to see him um, next next week, and I'm going to go visit him in Miami. I'm going to bring this up because I bet he remembers this. And he and I he and I shared, uh, my mom and I, he, he and I shared a car in college. We mm-hmm. both went to the same college. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is my my twin brother. But no, I I think you're right. I love that. That is that was the pinnacle moment of sisterhood right there in that, that moment. And I love that I called it out. Um, all right. So uh, another awesome question sent in. And I, 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 I don't know my answer yet. And I heard yours. And I know mm. you're going to say it again. But I just mm. love, love what you said. Mm. If you didn't review Sex in the City, oh. what kind of podcast would you do? Oh, yes. Right, right. Um, well, <laughs> last night I got stoned and got into that like mental state where I need to like basically erase my entire digital foot uh, like footprint or whatever. Um, and I was like, I should not be a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I have overshared. <laughs> oh my! God. And I like still kind of believe that, but. Um, I, th- I would, like, totally love to, um, like, review movies as they come out um, and TV shows. Um, like, especially, like, new ones. Um, because I love, you know, I love a cold read, you know. As, and I love a you, hot and I, take. And I love when you, I, I, God, I love that. Talk about something I love about you. Your your cold takes, your hot reads. Or whatever, whatever that. <laughs> whatever. The hot t- wait, the hot take, the cold read, whatever cold it is. Take. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, especially with these crazy documentaries you like to watch. Like yeah, like the we were like joking earlier about how the like I don't know if anyone's watched the Love Has One cult that's on Max. But that one is, I mean, it's its three perfect episodes of absolute human <laughs> self-destruction. <laughs> we love it. Here for it. Um, but it, it was just like, I, I like texted our group being like, who has watched this? I need to talk about it immediately. Because, um, yeah, sorry. I Now I'm just thinking about Love Has One. But it was just like so... Like, just the new agey stuff was just, like, on a whole other level. But everyone was also, like, super inebriated at all times. So, like, no one really knew what they were talking about. And, like, you couldn't really tell. It was all very vague and, like, kind of general the way that they spoke. Um, And so, yeah, I love to, like, talk about those kinds of things when they first come out. Because, and I also just, like, love, you know, as much as I love, like, an NPR review of something or whatever, I actually really like 
normal people reviewing things because they like don't have any sort of like political pony in the race they can literally just be like i didn't like that show sorry yeah i want normal people's opinions who are not weighted by public expectation yeah i I just think yeah i've been listening to a lot diplomacy i love i love theo vaughn i i do yeah for an eight hour car ride the other um last weekend (laughs) we listened to three of his episodes and one was with a new york city garbage man for three hours one was with an la police officer for three hours the other was like a u.s border patrol just like normal people with interesting jobs but all these people spoke just so authentically yes genuine experiences normal people theo von obviously is not the most intelligent person but he's very funny (laughs) and 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 he's pretty like inarticulate but but he's endear like you're very endearing yeah and i don't know i learned so much from it i don't want something like overly produced yeah i guess i kind of just like hearing normal people talk so totally i would listen to a podcast you did about those crazy shows because people I think have already you... turned our podcast off at this point <laughs> <laughs> turn these normal no off. To, to turn these bitches off well we've had some reviews um okay i have a question sorry go for it no tell me okay so this was submitted by an erica um and she asks why do you think young people should watch satc and my follow-up question is, should they? <laughs> Young people oh. watch Sex in the City. But but you Gen Z, I'm not, more of like people now. Young people now. So, oh, man. Great question. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks like, you know, should should we have watched like, you know, mash or something. I don't know. Mm. Like, did do like? There's a level of you know, mm-hmm. should should the youth understand where the elders are coming from? <laughs> and I think with Sex in the City, that informed a lot about mm. a lot, especially mm-hmm. in how people concept conceptualize you know, sex, female relationships. It was like that joke the other day about like you see four women out. You know, you're thinking about Sex in the City. <laughs> it it yeah. created a framework for female friendships and groups and fashion and sex and all these things. And and I and I and I'm curious. I don't see a lot of TV that's doing that. I think girls attempted mm. to. That show bummed me the fuck mm, out. I, I really did not like girls. So I, I think the show is still highly watchable. Yes. And I think young girls, it might be enjoyable, especially with a new feminist lens. Yeah. Um, but maybe to your point, I don't know, should they? I, I, I want people to answer this. Do you think young people should watch it? We're not talking like 11-year-olds. We're talking like 18-year-olds now. Yeah, we'll post it on the gram. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get some data. We will collect it. <laughs> No, but okay. This is why I think I think young people might benefit in some weird way from watching it. Um, you know, we're in a very like content saturated world, so there is constantly like new things coming out on all the platforms: new shows, new movies, mm-hmm. new podcasts. Um, obviously, like social media, Instagram, TikTok, like content through there, Substack, like all those things. And um, I think that if we are just like 
looking at the basic tags of like women, sex, like female friendships, like those three tags are like, Sorry, I don't know. I'm so I'm really dumb right now. An but, AI bot would, <laughs> would know what you were looking up, right? I guess what I'm saying is like this show is almost like the holy grail of women um, talking about sex on television. Television because it was basically like the first time yes. on a TV show that like we were hearing like the woman's side of sexual experiences aside from like the movie when harry met sally with the famous scene where sally is basically faking an orgasm trying to relay to harry that like women fake it all the time like we rarely right we rarely saw a window into women's opinions on these things in media this is a groundbreaking show. We can talk as much shit about it. We can look at and just like that. I don't and just like that to, to me does not tarnish the original Sex and the City. I look at them as pretty separate, even though I judge it through the lens of Sex and the City. Um, it was a groundbreaking show, and I'm really curious if, as a former women's studies alumni at U of M, like, <laughs> are we studying this enough? <laughs> are we breaking it down? And cutting it up and and seeing what this show offered at this specific time. It came out at a very interesting time in our country. I can't tell you a lot about the history of the world at the time, but I know it's interesting. (laughs) So I don't know. I think young people should watch it even just to, I don't know, just connect with us. Connect with, there's a lot of like generations of women that really enjoyed this show. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It came, like my mom loved it. Mm-hmm. My sister loved it. I guess it's two generations. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, I didn't watch it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe one day. Um, okay. What do 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 do? I lost the questions. Okay. Let's, we're going to do a quick one. Fuck, Mary kill. Aiden, big Steve. I mean, we've done this one probably a lot. Do it. You know what? Do it again. <laughs> give, give me your answer. Uh, Mary Aiden, I hate to say this. <sighs> Fuck big, kill Steve. I hate it. I'm sorry. <sighs> but like, you gotta know what I agree with everything is like in, in the bed, right? I'm I'm gonna th- uh, hell yeah. I'm gonna throw Harry in there. You can take out one of the guys, and we're gonna put in Harry. Um, okay. I guess Aiden's kind of dumb, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, maybe Mary Har- Harry. Fuck Aiden kill steve again (laughs) sorry steve have big around your voice is great is grating and your personality um yeah that's a great question i i agree with you on all fronts um and if we throw trey in there we're just killing trey (laughs) yeah we're not we're not we're not fucking trey oh i've got a Um, funny question for you oh ask me also submitted by erica (laughs) <laughs> what is our biggest podcast fail? <laughs> we could just list off I mean, all of them. <laughs> I Any I mean fail. the uh, the okay. There was a moment I believe it was over the summer <laughs> oh, no. when I when I fucked up the recording so badly that I had a <laughs> like a psychotic <laughs> meltdown. I do I, know this. I had to take like a 30 minute break. I had to recompose. 
I threw something across the room. I like screamed in my bedroom like a child. And Dakota was like, what happened? I was like, I'm a sergeant. <laughs> and it was and I, and I like reenacted. I was like, look, this little cord, this cord. This is what did it. I had a full meltdown. I think we recorded an entire episode and it didn't. We had to start over. I know, and that's what's, like, that's why I had to, like, maintain my cool, because we, like, obviously this is, like, well, now we're, now, it was only, like, 20 minutes of recording. It was only, like, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't that. This was a whole goddamn episode that I've messed up. And no, and I wasn't mad. I was just concerned about your response. (laughs) I had a full, a full breakdown. Yeah, I was like, Sarah, it's fine. Please stop slapping yourself. No, I, I when I, I was so, I was like, you stupid. (laughs) I went to a state of like how I used to act like as a child when I would like, like lose at a game or something. Like I, I was so upset with myself. I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you. And there's been so many things in my life, like with technology that I've like fucked up. Like when I was recording Heather's Bachelorette video from Jason. Oh, right. We had to record that three times. (laughs) Three separate times because two the first time I didn't an hour talking to Jason with the sweetest, most genuine responses. Not didn't record a word he said. I just recorded (laughs) me talking. Second time, didn't record him again. I don't know how that happened. So um that was my biggest fail this summer. What would yours be? Or is do we share that one? No, my my biggest fail is basically it's too late now, but it's my essentially my like um what's the word? Damage control uh to that situation was I basically was like okay, we're going to re- it's totally fine. Let's record record again and I was like, okay, Sarah's distraught. I was like, I got to be- bring in the big guns. <laughs> <laughs> And so I literally like overshared about like the butt plug and like that social experience. And like maybe I shouldn't have put that out there. I don't know. Okay, that was a beloved story by fans. People <laughs> yeah. cracked up. They thought it was really funny. To this day, it, it's super funny. I, but you know what? You made me laugh. You made me feel better. <laughs> you put it out there. You took one for the team. There we go. We end. 15 years from now, that might come bite you in the ass. <laughs> might come bite you in the butt plug. <laughs> bite me in the plug. Um, well, um, let's see. Are there there were, are there any other questions we, we want to answer? At what? So there was one from Jason okay. that I thought was really sweet. And it's at what age or specific moment did you think, I'm living the sex and city lifestyle right now? And how wrong or right were you? Hmm. And we can maybe go, not, maybe not a specific moment. I'm gonna go. You go first. Yeah, on that one. So the moment, and I try. I'm trying to answer this off off the cuff. And in the first moment, I, I I thought of this. Somebody else at the table said it, and then I kind of nodded, and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and I wasn't with anyone Sister. I'm friends with now. Okay, so <laughs> sister. I was like, yeah, hell yeah. So I was in at dinner with three other girls. There's four of us. So anytime it's a group of four, you're kind of feeling like, who am I within the group? You know, like, am I the Miranda of this group? Am I the Samantha? (laughs) Depending on the group you're with. I, the two other girls in the group, I don't even have their numbers anywhere. I don't talk to them. They are not my friend. Grace was one of them. 
So that's that's fine. And I think one of the girls said, like, how sex in the city is this? And (laughs) looking back now... And I'm in the moment I was so desperate for like a, a friend group in that mm-hmm. sense that I thought like, yeah, th- this is it. Like, <laughs> these are my friends and I don't talk to any of these people anymore because I have grace. So in that moment, I was I, I recognized it for the fleeting nature of like, you know, like when you're in your 18 to 24, the kind of fleeting nature of groups. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of based on um, drinking, mm. going out weird like very fragile social ties and yeah so I think that is when I was so wrong but I did think it um but I'm telling you when we go on our vacation in February oh boy Mm. am I gonna be thinking it (laughs) well on a beach with some pina coladas with with my gals well I was gonna gonna actually like shoot it the floor right back to jason and ask him what is this satc <laughs> lifestyle that you speak of <laughs> what 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 is this I, I i'm thinking like getting dressed up girls out on the town i'm total I'm girl hangs definitely definitely felt that in new york with you because remember yes. i did that like yes. jazz night for your birthday and that was like complete <gasps> completely <sighs> trying to channel that the jazz guy jazz man oh my god yes absolutely you took me out for oysters as yeah. well as drinking i got so drunk that night um listen to jazz yeah. yes i got total so drunk. fun new york yeah. night um. I got so <laughs> i'm sober now um, um yeah i would say though that weirdly now i might be living the sadc lifestyle and i could be wrong um but <laughs> i would say now because now that i live alone and this is the first time I've ever lived alone um I feel a lot more like ownership of my space and I feel like um I just like have had people over and have not felt like I've had to worry about roommates or um I just really feel like I you know I'm the master I'm the king of my queen of my kingdom and like I can like, as you remind yourself in your your, your beautiful space. Yeah, like, this place is perfect. <laughs> so I'm like, beautiful. <laughs> this is perfect. You are perfect. Um, just like staring at the mirror with crazy affirmations. No, I'm just I've just been thinking like it's since I've been here. Like I've had you know some suitors. Okay, um, maybe a little bit of Samantha in me but it's just been nice to like be able to be like physical with someone in a more private Mm. um kind of quiet setting i feel more physically connected to people now okay i love that you mentioned you not having a roommate because none of the girls ever have a roommate on the show and yes this show is post 30 so it's not Mm. it's definitely common for people to still have roommates absolutely but it's not i think people after a certain age like "Eh, i want to live on my own so Um, who on the show do you think would be the best roommates? Oh, good a pair, question. and who would be the worst roommates? Carrie, on the show? obviously it, the worst. Let's just get right there. Carrie. Well, I want to ask this: Carrie and who else would be really bad on the show together, specifically? Oh, like not I me think and Carrie, or <laughs> yeah, no, I'm thinking out of the girls on the show, who would be the best duo? Who would be the worst duo? Because they're all not super compatible. I, I actually, I actually think Carrie and Samantha would be the worst, which is kind of funny to think about Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker in that like in yeah. that way. But I, I think that's because 
Samantha is um, really like career driven and I, I feel like she's probably more A-type. And I think that Carrie is, and I think Samantha's a little bit more like wellnessy and like really cares about her health. And I think that like Carrie's smoking cigarettes and like having kind of like a willy-nilly schedule for a column that comes out once a week, I think it would like make like A-type Samantha like insane. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I mean, Carrie's at the root of a lot of the bad roommate <laughs> yeah. friendships here. I I do believe it all stems from her. Um, I I I see Miranda and Samantha oddly working. Yeah, I, I I see them like oddly being able. They're both independent, doing their own things. They don't work from home. They're both they're sarcastic. Busy. And what we see in this episode, and I'll just kind of tie it in, I think, here now with episode six, but we're going to keep yeah. doing some questions. And, you know, in this episode six, you see this really tender moment mm. with Miranda and Samantha. Um, you know, Miranda is intensely yeah. in uh, post-baby, in, in like the fourth trimester. Yes. And Samantha just like comes to her aid and gives her this hair appointment that that she had worked yeah. so hard to have. And so I, I really see the tenderness between Samantha and Miranda. Yeah. And I think they would be very good roommates. To be fair, I, Carrie I would love told to know Samantha to oh, step it up. So, but 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 I do agree. I do agree. You are right. But are I do right. think that Charlotte and Carrie would make great roommates because I feel like Charlotte would be the one who would be like, "Do you want to do face masks and like talk about boys on the couch and like we'll mostly just talk about big." <laughs> like. <laughs> She would just, like, really indulge Carrie. Um, she would indulge Carrie, and she would, like, mother Carrie. And I think Carrie needs some mothering. Yeah, and I think Charlotte I needs to do mothering because she's very, like, nurturing. Um, All right. Can I I'm ask you one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, what has been one of your favorite moments from the Sex and City show? Funny moment, favorite moment, a standout moment? In the show? Um... Or in the pot. But, but, but why? <laughs> All right. My husband asked this one, so we will respect the question. I, <laughs> um, we will respect what he had. He was like, I was like, oh, you better. Uh, I was like, okay, I got it. And I was like, you I better ask me one. I got it. Um, I think just like a favorite moment of the show. Um, wait, actually, no. Wait, no, no, no. Um... It's tough on the spot to think of this. No, no, no. I got this. I got this. Um, I mean, I think favorite moment, but like it might be from an episode we haven't done yet. That's why I'm. I'm, that, I'm no, who cares? Everyone who's listened to this, are there, are there any new listener watchers who are watching along? This is taking us years to get through. Say it. Everyone's going to know what you're talking about. Well, I think that like Carrie going to Paris is huge on the friendships, and like it's and and also like. Um, it's a huge change and, um, it was, it's also with this new man that's like completely separate from Aiden and big. And so I think that's like, and it's also very like believable, you know, for the show, you know, how like some shows and the, you know, Mm -hmm. like the season comes along and you're like, okay, this is starting to get a little unrealistic. Like, no, this feels realistic. Like Carrie kind of, you know, I don't want to say excommunicates herself from the Aiden versus big thing, but she kind of like moves on. And she's with this older man who has a big career as a fine artist, and she's like, "Screw it! I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna take him up on his offer and move to Paris." And that is, um, I mean, I think that's like, if that didn't happen in the show, like, 
I don't know if the show would really have as much like passion behind it. You know what I mean? Mm. Pinnacle moment. I can't I can't wait to get into season six. Yeah. Speaking of season six, I, I mean off right off the bat when Dakota asked me this, I'm thinking the post it note episode. Oh hell yeah. I, I can't it's wait to my do that. favorite episode. I'm giving <laughs> it now it's a five. It's a six. It's a great episode. Um I think it's a true Sex and City one. And I think the any time on the show and there's too many to pick pick apart when the girls are together and they're simpatico we're getting full sisterhood arm raised moments but that's why the show was so good it made you feel great (laughs) um it really did and there's so much like sweetness and tenderness and and humor in this show and it's why it was worthy of talking about like this isn't you know scandal on abc which is a good show but you know i don't know i feel like there's like a lot here to talk about and um, I have a question. That's, that's, tell me. Yeah, that, we can move on from that. Let's just, <laughs> let's, uh, we're just we're gonna circle drain. Okay, um, <laughs> I have a question that uh, no one submitted. That I just actually thought of, which is, tell me, what is a moment in the show, or it could be a few, that you always cry at? Uh, oh, what just came to my head was when Carrie and Aiden are breaking up for the first time and he's so hurt mm-hmm. and super vulnerable. That one, I think, makes me tear up. And that that's that's probably it. That, that one, that breakup, I think is very sad. Mm-hmm. I was going to say mm-hmm. that. Oh, wait, wait, no. Mm. Can I change my mind? Yeah. Miranda in the fitting room at her mother's <gasps> funeral. Yes. That's a good one. That 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 one, I 100% tear up with the woman and she just wants a hug from her and the bra and the conflict. Yeah. What what about you? What, what, what would make you? The one that I like guarantee cry at is like when, you know, Miranda's Charlotte's been having such a hard time getting pregnant and then Miranda like decides to keep the baby with Steve with her lazy ovary and his one testicle and (laughs) and Mm. it's really hard for them to like tell Charlotte that this is happening and she's like super like are you fucking kidding me and then she's like oh you're not even gonna keep it like and she just kind of storms out. But then Miranda decides to keep it and Charlotte is says, we're having a baby and she's tearing yes. up. And I just yep, thought that, that's a really good one. Yeah. And I just thought that was like, yeah, I just thought it was very special. And yeah, I don't know, very heartwarming. Um, that speaks to what you were talking about earlier about mm, rooting for your friends mm, and being on their team mm-hmm. when that was such a, an incredibly painful moment for her. Mm-hmm. And yet she could still show up and be very happy for her friend. Can I tell yeah, you? That, 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 that's a fantastic one. Can I tell you something in Gilmore Girls that makes me cry every single time? I'm not going to understand the reference, <laughs> but I will support you. <laughs> I'm, I don't know what sport you're playing, but I'll cheer Sisterhood. you on. Um, basically, you know, it's like the first or second season of Gilmore Girls and Lorelai is getting married. But like she and Emily have had like her mother have had like a huge rift and like weren't talking and so she decides to break up the kind of Cold War and, like, goes over to her mom's house. And she's like, because, like, oh, like, I want to talk to her. And, like, I want her to be involved in the wedding process. And her mom is being, like, super kind of, like, not looking up from whatever she's working on. And she's being super cold. 
And her mom says, like, I think you should wear a tiara. And Laura's lie is like, oh, how come? And Emily's like, it's what I wore. And it, it like, oh, it just, like, makes me cry every time. Because she was so cold to her until that, that moment. And I was like. I... Is it too late for me to watch <laughs> Never. I would be thrilled if you did. Anyway, we got to like. I, is it? Is it? Just, <laughs> I get out of you know this hole. Yeah, we'll get out of this one. Um, all right. Why don't we do. We'll, well, how about one? Should we each do one more question? Yes. yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to look the list because. Do, 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 do. Who asked us are there any kinks you have not fulfilled yet we will not be answering that but i respect the audacity of the we've question. done it all um dakota asked what duo has had the hottest sex throughout the series <laughs> that's a pretty funny one i don't i have to really think about that damn i don't i don't know man that is tough there's not a lot of hot sex maybe on the show. smith jared and samantha at different times i don't know oh but- doggy again the sex (laughs) is not that hot i would say that who had their carrie and big i think had some sensuality Mm, when they were having the affair because i think it was naughty um we don't know tbd let us know who you think probably behind the scenes has the hottest sex i'm hoping charlotte and harry i think they're kind of fun um i have my what yeah tell me your question you um, and for me also. This is from Erica. Um, SATC is responsible for making blank iconic. I mean, it's the Cosmopolitan, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I have a very different answer. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Tell me. Sex in the City is responsible for making falling down the stairs headfirst and like shattering all your teeth and bleeding out and having your husband's mistress drive you to the hospital. Iconic. Oh, Natasha. God. Yeah, I, I, I would not even. I forgot about it. <laughs> How did you just think of that on the spot? My God. No, yeah, I mean, that, when I, I mean, think that's about pretty iconic. very vivid Sex in the City moments, that's like, whoa. Like, that's crazy, that scene. Remember what Carrie says to Big? We're so over. We need another word for over. <laughs> I, that, I probably messed that line up. But, but yeah, very, <laughs> very good. Right, yeah. Um, well, and the Cosmo too. Yeah, and the Cosmo. Manolo Blahniks, Cosmo. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any. Well, it kind of does uh, lead us into this episode, which is another thing that's iconic is that the show made iconic is the magic wand, which is purchased yes. by Samantha from Sharper Image. So, so, yeah, in this episode, we have episode, um, this is season five, episode six, and I'm forgetting the name of this episode. I don't know if I wrote it down, oddly, and, oh, yes, Critical Condition, and um, quick summary, uh, Carrie's collection of essays, her book is coming out, and she is anxiously awaiting a review. She gets a great review, but is very disturbed by the last sentence saying that she leaves men she's men are disposable to carry yeah. this leads her down this kind of rabbit hole of feeling like people are 
maybe seeing her vulnerabilities or misreading her. And this not only leads into the review of the book, but also a review of her as a person when she meets Nina Katz. Nina Katz is the booker on SNL, and Nina Katz does a face and run. She runs into Carrie and lets Carrie know that she was the one who dated Aiden after Carrie. And Nina Katz's face is one of like, <gasps> like absolute disgust. And Carrie then completely internalized this, goes on an absolute spiral and has to figure out like the root of this face. And she doesn't want to be misrepresented. Miranda in this episode is really struggling with postpartum, feeling overwhelmed. She's back at work. Her hair is the greasiest hair I've ever seen on TV. And I just wanted to give her some dry shampoo so badly. And Samantha is in a completely different state in this episode. She's carefree. She's returning a vibrator, which is actually a neck massager. And she's she's um, getting a coveted hair appointment. So they're in completely opposite ends of, you know, the freedom of being a woman. And Samantha really shows up for Miranda in the end of this episode, giving Miranda her, her hair appointment and them really connecting as friends. And the vibrator comes back in play. My favorite plot point of this episode is with Charlotte and her divorce. She is finally, after many seasons, getting divorced from Trey. And guess who walks into the picture? Harry Goldenblatt. She needs a lawyer who she can be real with and be herself with. And this is the guy she originally started off working with, like a hot lawyer. She ends up going for Harry, who's like kind of a mess. And um, so they meet in this episode. So it's a really important episode because we have a – permanent love interest come into the picture love it honestly great recap for a hundredth episode um i'm kind of said it all there said it all there <laughs> so, i'm ready to get started yeah i mean the i know while i watch this and i think I, I i there's so much here that's really good mm-hmm. but i remember thinking before we record like ah, it's kind of a boring episode but there are some like really sweet Mm-hmm. moments there's a ton of carry trackers oh my god is there carry trackers um what would you like to get into first i think there's like kind of three things I, we've got carrie's plot and i would love to get into the nina katz oh, aspect of yeah. of the the show well hold on because tomorrow we're gonna cruise the cute pretzel guys at the village square market oh. <laughs> is that as sad as that just sounded <laughs> Well, if it makes you feel any better, I used to have a thing for the Amish guys who make hairbrushes. Um, yeah. Hi. You're Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. Have we met? I recognize you from your column. Oh. And I went out with Aiden right after you. (sighs) There I was, worried about the New York Times, when apparently I'd already been reviewed. So I, th- I believe that Nina Katz is loosely based off of Marcy Klein, who is the talent booker for Saturday Night Live, or was um, for many years. Because um, I think, and she's also like the daughter of Calvin Klein. But I think like the name, like Nina Katz and like Marcy Klein are supposed to be kind of like similar. How did you figure, was this on Reddit? or was this Oh no, I listened digging? to a lot of like Saturday Night Live related content and so like when they said it because they showed like when carrie's watching like saturday night live it like shows nina cat's name and i was like oh like i wonder and i feel like it was in the same position where i don't know but i think i don't know i could be wrong but um that was very like rain man (laughs) asking 
It's very specific. <laughs> but I, things. I do think that this is like a another like I don't know. I think that this scene where Nina Katz is coming out of the bathroom and like runs into Carrie Bradshaw. Like I do think that this is a great scene in the series. It's a great scene in the series. It's very well written. We start off, just to kind of give people who don't, who don't remember this, Carrie is at a cabaret club visiting and seeing Marcus, Stanford's boyfriend, perform. She makes a flipping comment like, I get one of those a three-drink minimum, which is just like so cruel. Like just be nice to Stanford's boyfriend for once. And goes into the bathroom and she overhears two women, one of whom is Nina Katz, making a joke. And they're saying like, oh, I thought there'd be like some straight guys here. And then they make some other joke of like where they should meet men. And then Carrie interjects, listening to their conversation. And Nina's at the sink now washing her hands and kind of goes like, oh, yeah, hi. Like, you're Carrie Bradshaw. And then Carrie's kind of surprised. And then Nina reveals Oh, I dated Aiden after you and does that face. And it's a very strong face. Great face acting. Well, yeah. So she, yeah, it's great face acting. And it's her reaction is, um, yeah, to Carrie. And then she goes, yes. Hi, you're Carrie Bradshaw. I recognize you from your column. And I went out with Aiden right after you. Ooh. And yeah, so I completely butchered that scene. You got it right. That's well, my I just my yeah. question for you is: You're in the bathroom, and this happens to you. Ooh. Describe your symptoms. Describe my symptoms. Okay, um, I am somebody where I get embarrassed very easily. So immediately, my face is hot and flushed. I am <laughs> feeling. I'm feeling very anxious in this moment. Um, and I, what I confront, absolutely not. I would get out of there very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not looking for more information. I'm trying to put out a fire, which is within me, of embarrassment and shame. Where Where are you in this? I, I th- and was that, was that the direction you wanted us to go with this question? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> in that moment, I would be like pretty in shock that someone – would be <laughs> so confrontational in such an intimate biological space, <laughs> which is the bathroom, which I already have like issues with. I feel like you'd be constipated for like two weeks. And because I would never go to the bathroom again. Um, <laughs> um, I think that like it's it was really confrontational and like the face, like I think that like if. I thought I always thought what was kind of great about this episode is she makes this face and like there are two other times that week that she runs into Nina Katz, which doesn't happen in New York, but it almost kind of does because sometimes you just do run into someone like multiple times a week. And she like it's always like a face or it's always like, oh, I'll tell you about her over lunch. It's <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's pretty. Uh, Carrie it's is not crazy. <laughs> yeah. She, Carrie, I will give Carrie this. It's. She's not crazy. Nina is, because like then at one point, Nina is the booker for Saturday Night Live. So she's with Heather Graham. Carrie's at lunch with Samantha. And Heather Graham is like, ooh, Carrie. And so even Heather Graham makes a face. So clearly Carrie's now like, Nina Katz is running my name all yeah. around town. Yeah. Um, 
totally get Carrie's paranoia. I would be so paranoid too, too. especially because I'd be like, we 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 hyper analyze people's yeah. um, nonverbal communication, and, and <laughs> in this case, verbal communication. See, this is why um, the special education teacher is amazing <laughs> on this book, <laughs> right? It's like ninety percent of what we communicate is nonverbal, and and you look at this woman's face and her eyes and her energy. She like clearly. I mean, but we've got to talk about it. Aiden, and according to Steve in this episode, when Carrie confronts Steve to be like, <laughs> what's going on with Aiden? Steve said, you know, Aiden was pretty messed up for he what, months? He was like bedridden. He said back then he couldn't get out of bed for like a month. He lost his ability to trust women. <laughs> and Carrie's like, he lost his ability? And I want to say, Carrie, my dear, we got to Let's roll the tape back. Carrie, what do you expect? You, you, you cheated on him um, with your ex-boyfriend, not just once, multiple times. You broke married, up with him at your, married, yes, at your friend's wedding. Um, he comes back into your life. He's hot, looking better than ever. You have this great relationship. And Big um, leaves he, a full-blown voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and he still finishes during sex, so he's a trooper. Um, and he, you guys fall in love. He buys an apartment for you. He tries to remodel yeah. for you. He proposes to you. You say yes. You don't even wear the ring on your finger. You wear it on your neck. And then you decide at the end you can't really commit to him when he really wants to. And yes, we do think he pressured her a little much at the yeah. end. But she fucked this man up sideways. Yeah. And... How about bringing you imagine- big to like his home in Southern? Oh, lest we forget that she basically Crazy. forced a friendship upon the man she cheated with and her current boyfriend. Can you imagine the things Aiden must have said to Nina about oh. Carrie? If he said anything at well, all, because I don't know if men really well, delve into it. For the for the sake of role play, I wanted to now flip flip it a little bit. You are Nina Katz. You are okay. Date- I, I, I want to be Nina. Yeah. Okay. You're dating Aiden. How about I'm Aiden, and, mm, and mm-hmm. you're you're Nina. Hey okay. Nina. Hey, hey, hey Nina. Hey, tell me about your I dating just, history. <laughs> something I've noticed, and I don't know what it is, but you know, you you said when we first got together that you just got out of a relationship, and I I want to know more about who this person was. She seemed to have a big impact on you. Well. uh... I went through a shitstorm, little lady. <laughs> Wait, what do you, what do you mean shitstorm? What is that? What happened? I gave my heart to a curly girly, and she just <laughs> did a one-two step all over it. <laughs> and ended up. <laughs> Fucking your Batman-esque ex-boyfriend who is like a chauffeur and has way more money than me. And I put a hole in the wall of her apartment. Oh, so you guys did you you guys lived together for a while. You could say that. I mean, okay, basically, sorry. Off, I love scene. the fact that you, you, I love the fact that you use these little stupid things like, hey, girly, girly, hey, Pop Tart, <laughs> peach tart, pumpkin. Well, peach tart, let's say this. I, oh my God. Well, I feel like he, 
like they dated maybe they were getting close and he just like had the inability to just like take the relationship to the next level and oh, yeah I mean, he's scared of being burned and this isn't rocket science we've all been with this guy um, you yeah i feel like i've been with guys because I in New York, I had a lot of like three, four month relationships. <laughs> You're gonna say like, you know, three ways and four ways. <laughs> Many, and they didn't turn out well, you know. Um, so, so three month relationship, and where when the guy broke up with me, he immediately got with somebody else. Oh boy! And I, I just, I never got it. I just whatever. <laughs> I never got. Explain yourself. Um, but, so yeah, I think yeah. Kate but I guess in up. this role play, I want. <laughs> What I want to get out of it is... It's like, I want to go deeper into the scene with you. <laughs> You're not embodying enough of Nina. I want to change it up a little bit. No, I just wonder, okay, so you're Nina Katz and you're... Let's say you hear, like, the nitty-gritty, like... You hear Natasha falling down the stairs, blood everywhere. She cheated. <clears throat> she went back to him. Like, all the things that we've described... And that now you're Nina and you are just finishing, like, you are relieving yourself in the bathroom. And you, you're, like, meeting a villain celebrity. Exactly. You pop out of the bathroom. What, how do you respond to this, you know, she-devil who's, like, trying to flirt with you via, like, talking about men? Witty repartee. In yeah. the bathroom, yeah. I mean... And this is, it's so funny because this is before the age of stalking. <laughs> All Nina Katz has is the column and that's it. And so I'm curious, is Nina Katz intrigued by Carrie? What is Carrie to her? Do you think because we have so much information available about people's exes, we're more intrigued? Mm. Like, Or do you think the same level of intrigue is even before information like this was online? This was this is a modern day Instagram sighting. Like this is seeing somebody IRL. It's kind of crazy. Well, this is how for Nina to run into her. Speaking of Instagram, this is how you know how it's like reality versus like Instagram or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you might post one thing where it's like, you know, me and my ex, we love each other, and we decided to go our separate ways. Like I can see Carrie mm -hmm. essentially writing that version in the column. And then Nina reading it and then like meeting Aiden and be like, whoa, whoa, your version is very different than how she paints it in this column. And I think Carrie lacks a lot of self-awareness. Yes. And I'm glad that you brought up the lack of self-awareness because if you notice in this episode, none of her friends indulge her and say, no, oh, yeah, you yeah. were great. Nothing happened. No one says anything. I think Miranda makes one comment like, no, it's, you know, you did whatever. I think Miranda's like so yeah. in baby mode. She's yeah. not even like, she's like half listening. Like, I can't do so this. So <laughs> I think Carrie, I think the spiral continues because her friends don't reassure her. They really just kind of let the comments go because I think they know that she acted completely crazy with Aiden. And so, yeah, I think... Carrie's telling uh, the and at the end of this episode, the biggest critic is Carrie herself, and I yeah. think Carrie is now facing the reality of the situation: is that she acted poorly, she hurt somebody, and mm -hmm. people have opinions about it. And well, I have a follow up uh, question. Yeah. 
Tell me. Basically, the re- one of the reviews that Carrie got that she didn't like said something along the lines of, We get a look into Carrie Bradshaw's world, where the single women rule and men are disposable. And Carrie is on the phone with Miranda, who's like, I'm busy, I have a baby. Um, Carrie's like, oh my god, that's what the face meant. I.e. like Nina's face. And she goes, do you think that Aiden thinks that I think that he's disposable? My question for you is, do you think that Aiden thinks that she thinks he's disposable? <laughs> I got you, I got you. Um, I, I, I'm sure Aiden completely felt disposable and dispo- and disposed of because do you think I mean, that carrie disposed of him though is my my i a- actually I, I don't um especially knowing what we know now within just like that i think carrie got so frightened by commitment i think big lingered in her brain that she i don't think she ever could fully commit to Aiden because there was so much unfinished business with Big. Yeah. So I don't think she disposed of him, but I do believe that she neglected the... Yeah. Yeah, and she purposely sabotaged the relationship by not committing yeah. um, because she wasn't fully in it. So I don't think she disposed of him because there's been guys who are very disposable in the show. I don't think she did dispose him. Well, I'm going to ask one more question as a follow-up yeah, ask, to this. Yeah, ask away. When it comes... So Carrie's writing her little column, and I'm I'm sure she did it, and then I wondered. Um, I don't know, but whatever. Um, she goes, when it comes to life and love, why do we believe our worst reviews? Oh, you know what? Wise words from Carrie. I think... What, what, what is that... The the psycho the <laughs> phenomenon psychology where it's like a, a negativity bias in which our brains are hyper attuned to the negative. So if somebody were to tell you five mm. great things and one of and then the sixth thing is bad, we're we're gonna completely forget about the five and we're gonna focus on the six. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think. <sighs> If I had the answer to that, I wouldn't be dealing with the things I should have dealt with. <laughs> I, know, I, de- I, I would say I deal with a ton of negative self-talk. So mm, it's not too. even like negative things that people say about me. Because honestly, people say like really positive things about me. Yeah. I think the, the the harshest critic is myself. And I think I in the I'm end. I'm cooking up a storm in this brain of negative I, I know. Oh, God, <laughs> the things I say. And, and I, we mentioned this on our last podcast, how we were going into the new year with delusional confidence. And so <laughs> I, I do think I want to be a, a kinder critic. And so... I, I think we believe the worst because it hits at core vulnerabilities and it mirrors back the anxieties we have within ourselves. So if somebody were to say something bad about me, there's a chance that I probably already think it. Girl. And yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. So I, I think it's a mirroring and I think it's an expo and, and, and it's, it's be, it's feeling exposed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but wise words from Carrie. I think that that was a that was a good question that she brought up. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a good question. Um, well, on that note, should we move into more of Charlotte and and Harry? We've we've got to do it. We have an iconic line in this episode and it's one of my favorite Harry lines. Harry is a beloved character on uh, um in this series because he's just a good guy and he worships Charlotte and you see it already in this and I think this is the last episode we talked about um 
how you see a, the character as their ending in the beginning. So like Burger's highly insecure, really narcissistic. Mm. And we see that how they end. Harry shows up for Charlotte. Yes, mm-hmm. it's in a professional setting. Mm-hmm. Kind of really admires her. Is he's thinking himself. highly of her. He's himself. Well. She's herself. Mm-hmm. So you you see their relationship as it is for many years, as, as it is in the first moments they meet, which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Charlotte is, it picks him because she's not super attracted to him, mm-hmm. which, you know, I mean, that's whatever it is. But anyway, the line I, I like is that Harry walks in while she's meeting with her <laughs> hot lawyer and he's eating a bagel and he's like, who the hell ordered blueberry bagels? And he just like <laughs> spits it out. Um, I thought the acting was great in that scene. I do like blueberry bagels, but I totally respect the fact that he <laughs> called it out. Charlotte realized she could never be as ugly as she needed to be in front of a man she considered so handsome. Up, 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 up. Sorry to bust in. There's a bagel over here with my name on it. My partner, Harry Goldenblatt. Harry? Charlotte York. I'm handling her divorce. Hey, how you doing? Uh, you're in the right hands here. <laughs> hey, it's a killer. Oh. 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 Who the hell ordered blueberry bagels? So I'm talking to Thelma about this. Good luck to you. Is he a killer too? And just like that, Charlotte changed lawyers. And she knows in that moment, like, that's the guy I need to have be my lawyer. He's honest. And he He's honest and he fights for her in this Scrappy. episode. And yeah. she, and I think he says at the end, you know, ding dong, like the witch is dead or witch is gone. And he, yeah, he, he shows up for Char. Yeah, I wonder, um, Jason, get to work. We have a... We have a we have a task for you. I wonder how many like divorce lawyers get with their clients. Oh wow, that's like how, do we how many <laughs> parole officers get with the people they their parolees. Parole. <laughs> <laughs> their parolees. Yeah. Okay. So Jason, do you want to look that up for us? What kind of figure out you know divorce lawyers? <laughs> that I, I there's definitely. I mean, it's kind of like plastic surgeons and their patients. Do they? Do plastic I, <laughs> You're like, I'm concerned. I don't know. <laughs> what about the Hippocratic Oath? What does that not cover? Truly, um, I'm like. But and, and you know, talking about men who are showing up, um, Trey, surprise. You know, we thought there was like an ironclad prenup, and no, no, no. Charlotte gets the apartment now. We're we're gonna get into some real estate in New York City. <laughs> if I was a mother and had a son, and we had a family New York City apartment, and my son is married to a woman for maybe a year or two, and then mm, yeah. she gets the family apartment, mm. I'm kind of getting Bunny's frustration. Oh, I get it. I don't agree with Bunny when she says, like blames charlotte because like, yes no 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 blame no charlotte blame. did everything she could and and trey was super defeated and even like backtracked and was like i maybe i didn't want to get married i don't know like you know like he didn't he barely even tried when it came to like t- trying to have the baby uh, he was just such a he you know like he was the big old baby when it came to them he, making an he effort was a big old baby in the marriage i mean i think he did try at certain times but i think ultimately like charlotte was was fighting for the marriage so 
Yeah, and here's the deal. We know Charlotte Why should now, she move? Charlotte of- has now gotten a million dollars. Yeah. Okay, so she got a million dollars. And she now gets an incredible, like, two or three bedroom apartment yeah. on the Upper East Side. Yep. She did well. She did well. Did well. My question is, why do you think Trey, do you think it was just out of guilt that Trey gave the sign off to Bunny or sent the fax in or whatever. I think he couldn't deliver in the relationship and here was a lasting thing that he could do to it's like when he showed up for that photo shoot and he moved out the next yes. day. Oh I think God. in the day Trey loved Charlotte. Yeah. He really loved her. They were an example of when the her. love is there but they weren't on the same page. They weren't on the same path. And he was very generous with her. He loved her a lot. And I think this is a way of, of showing that. And I think when you get divorced, I don't think it means you stop loving the person, wanting good things for them. Sometimes it does. but And also, he yeah. may not have wanted to ever live there again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I do get why Bunny... <laughs> felt a certain type of way. Just we we talk about back real quick. <laughs> yeah, talk about New York apartments. Like yeah. it's just like it, it. Like you don't just this like is a toss big dude that up. Yeah, you don't yeah. just like. It's not like a tote you're getting rid of in your house. You know. Yeah, like I get why Bunny was pissed and be like, it's not like, oh yeah, you take it, girl. Yeah, you're right. It's um, I don't need this but, Trader Joe's tote. Like, yeah, hey, hey, on to that. Um, we also have. We didn't talk about this. Another super funny line. And this is kind of a Charlotte, um, naive Charlotte, like sweet Charlotte. I just want a nice, sweet, handsome, funny, great guy who doesn't say things like sweet lips. Is that too much Mm. to ask? When Carrie is with the girls talking about the face and run Nina Katz's face, Charlotte's isn't assuming like, no, someone's not going to make a mean face. She's like, you know, I think it was his facial spasm. Maybe she has Bell's palsy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I you know do. what Bell's palsy is like a, yeah. a facial muscle. Like you can't control one side of your face. And so I thought Paralysis. that was like very cute. And, yeah. and then sure, Carrie's like, no, it's not Bell's palsy. <laughs> she has Bell's palsy. Um, all right. I think the last kind of big, oh, aspect, yes. big part of this, this episode is um, one, Samantha and the, vibrator neck massager and Miranda and her post baby postpartum struggle I, I, having I sh- friends show up I shot a text to Sarah earlier that was like I need you to look up the history of the sharper image magic wand that Samantha uses I mean sex and the city made something iconic another, there we another go. thing yeah. I, I I did not read that text in time to do no, any of the girl, research so I so I'm good we're gonna have to kind of throw that one on the gram but but I've heard some people say, like, when I said, oh, it used to be a neck massager, and everyone was like, oh, no, 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 like, it was always a vibrator. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I think at one point it was truly just a neck massager, right? Yeah, because there's no way that Sharper Image was selling <laughs> vibrators. Like, does Sharper Image still exist? Is this an ancient I, scroll? I don't think so. I think it is an ancient scroll. Yeah, we're given Sharper Image an ancient scroll because Sharper Image growing up was like, you went there... And yeah. you, there was like high tech. It was amazing. It felt expensive. It felt you were rich. Like you, this was not you Radio felt like Shack. You were in the future. This was yeah, yeah. Sharper Image was the place. So we're given this ancient scroll just for how like tech as and shopping has evolved. The next day, Samantha did some personal shopping. 
very personal. Can I help you? Yes. I'd like to return this vibrator. We don't sell vibrators. Yes, you do. I bought it here six months ago. That's not a vibrator. It's a neck massager. No, it's a vibrator. Sharper Image doesn't sell vibrators. It's a neck massager. You expect me to believe that women buy these to help their sore necks? It's a neck massager. Fine. I'd like to return this neck massager. What's wrong with it? It failed to get me off. Yeah, I, I for some reason, that did not look like an enjoyable vibrator. It's um, ginormous. I've used it many times. That one? Mm, yeah. Well, how did you get access to this such a thing? <laughs> such a relic. <laughs> they still sell it. It's a huge... And I didn't own it. My ex owned it. Oh, my God. For some reason, I one of my ancient scroll was going to be that thing. I didn't think those things were around. Oh, no. Those I thought, are in every single sex store you go into. and Because now they fully like are like, you know what? We're good. Like, yeah. this is how they make money. Now they're like, this was a neck massager. But now and we're, we've rebranded. Now we're in the erotica industry. And they have lots of different colors and whatever. They're like in every store now. Okay. All right. Well, this is good to know. I, I looking at the bulk of it and the cord of it, because that thing, how big it is, that is a big battery. Some of the stuff now is so discreet. It looks like, as people have said, like almost like a piece of art on your table, right? They're very sleek design, yeah. almost like Scandi Japanese inspired yeah. vibrators. And this feels like a honk of a piece of technology. So I'm cur- I'm, I'm shocked that it's around, but I'm very intrigued. Um, I'm on the Magic Wand website. Um, and it says, it starts with pleasure persists. <laughs> <laughs> Magic wand was introduced during a significant time of social awareness. A lot has changed since then, including the way we refer to change itself. But no matter how we label societal evolution, our path forward has been paved by those brave enough to recognize the need for progress and demand it. Um, da, 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 da. This sounds kind of political. Yeah, I know. For more than far more than ever, the first massage wand. Uh, magic wand is a representative of individuality of pleasure and a lot of power. Um, so yeah, it seems like it, yeah, fully embraced its really true use. Okay, well, I'm I might have to put it out in the pod tell us if, if we're wrong. answer. If pe- <laughs> yeah. one tells the wrong, pe- tell me if you've used it or if you've seen it. I'm definitely people have definitely seen it. Um, there is a question. There is a tab that says, "Is it a real magic wand?" you're like you tell me the definition of magic yeah yeah we'll we'll see so okay what did you and there was another um funny scene between sam that the tension in this episode is between sam's freedom and miranda's lack of freedom Mm. miranda has lost a lot of her sense of self her personal upkeep being able to you know get her hair done have time for herself and Samantha, like Miranda says she doesn't have time for something. And then Samantha gets on the phone and she's like confirming her hair appointment. And then she goes, crisis averted. <laughs> 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 it's just like so, so stupid. 
And Samantha's point is I should not be shamed for the choices I have. Like I want to masturbate, return my vibrator, <laughs> um, get my hair done. And I totally respect it. Like this, those are as valid choices compared to what Miranda's going through. No, there's not a lot of uh, sympathy for Samantha. So Carrie does, as we said, you know, uh, earlier, does tell Samantha to go and check in Miranda, yeah. acknowledge that she had a baby. Because we, we've noticed these tensions throughout the uh, the season that Samantha doesn't really acknowledge. She calls it like the thing. It's yeah. here at brunch. I shouldn't have to acknowledge it. And I think this is Samantha's fear of losing a friend. I think this really stems not from her resentful. I think it stems from feeling like, I don't know, maybe fear of change? Fear. Or what do you think? I mean, I think that there's like, and from a little bit from last episode, she's being a little selfish. Like maybe it is yeah. fear of change, but it's like she doesn't want to like the party to end or, or it's maybe it's not even that. It's like she doesn't want to filter herself and she's yeah. just like not willing to do it. But I also feel like it's not a matter of like, you know, filtering as much as it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't like rub something into somebody else's face or like glow about. Yeah. Like, I think you just she, Samantha should be a little bit more respectful of, you know, Miranda's new life and like time constraints. And and so, yeah, ultimately it was good that um, Samantha ended up helping Miranda out. Three blissful baby hours later. Samantha, what are you doing here? I'm not Samantha, you are. You have a 5.30 appointment with John Mandy at the John Mandy Salon. Go. What? Uh, I can't take your hand. I'm counting to five and then I'm changing my mind. Really? Mm-hmm. You want to babysit? Five, four... Uh, okay! Okay. I don't know what to say. I can't believe it. Well, neither can I, but here I am, Mary fucking Poppins. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the numbers are on the fridge, and don't take him out of that chair. It's the only thing that keeps him quiet. And don't call boys. And the vibrator saves the day. Brady mm -hmm. can't stop crying. Miranda gets this chair from her neighbor that rocks the baby. Mm -hmm. And Samantha, the chair breaks. Samantha is freaking out. I love it that she's on the phone and Carrie calls to talk about absolute nonsense. <laughs> oh and Samantha God, no. calls her out and says, you know, I think you should call someone who has time. You know, I have. She's like now uh, a mother. <laughs> yeah, like I have a baby. I, she's like, I don't have time for this. What? And she's completely doing what we wanted Miranda to do earlier, which Miranda kind of does. And people in this episode are sick of Carrie's bullshit. Miranda gets sick of it. <laughs> Samantha gets sick of it at the end when Carrie is walking with Stanford and oh yeah Stanford asks Carrie you know hey like what do you think of Marcus and Carrie, Carrie goes, he's nice and anyway he, about me um <laughs> and he says no um I listened to you talk about Aiden for 10 minutes and two years yes. <laughs> and I finally ask you about Marcus and you say it's nice and so we have three people who called Carrie out in this yes. episode yeah well it kind of yeah. I mean, gosh, this is like how many, like, I really just want to like, you know, <laughs> hold the writers hostage and be like, was this intentional to make her so like self-absorbed? Like that this? is the mystery of this show. And if I could go to some panel, that's the question I would ask. Yeah. 
And I'm very curious. I I bet they'd be like, they're all like, they follow the cult of Sarah Jessica Parker. Like, no, 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 no. It was, she's a wonderful character. No, I bet they would pull like a Lena Dunham and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we like meant to make the characters like that. When it's like, actually, Uh, I don't know if they did, you know? I don't know if you did. Uh, So, so yeah, I think overall was there fashion wise, I got it. I don't even think I can give a hit. Oh my God, she's fashion roadkill. The miss at the end is that stupid outfit she wore to the farmer's market. That green oh juicy God. couture. Oh, the terry like, cloth. Looks velour. Terry cloth velour. She has like a $15,000 Hermes bag. Right. Bur- not Hermes, a bur- the Birkin bag. And yes. she, you know, has absolutely zero money. And she's yeah. wearing those crazy high heels walking, you know, hair. like down in yes. Union Square. Yes. There's this cobblestones. That was my 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 miss. I I can't remember a hit, but that's a miss. Yeah, I think she at one point had a pair of like red wrap strappy shoes that I liked, but I think that was really it. That was also my fashion miss. I was like, it was it was a throwback to Juicy Couture though. Like I forgot like all that terry cloth stuff that they did. Were you doing. own anything Juicy Couture? I had one white terry cloth or velour sweater with the J hoodie. With the J. I, I, my parents refused to, to buy me anything. And oh. then they would get my little sister stuff. And so oh, that, trust that me. Weird. My mom did yeah. not want me to buy it. <laughs> yeah, she was, my parents were pretty anti like that BB thing, B-E-B-E, Bebe, Bebe. Oh, baby. Um, Juicy Couture. Because it's all I shopped Limited 2 yeah. earlier, but. But there was also yeah, was like not, juicy yeah. was like written on the butt, and my mom was like, "Absolutely not." Yes, that's where my mom said, but "We're now, drawing a hard line." But here. now I complete, and I remember thinking, "Oh come on!" But now that, <laughs> but now that I'm older, I'm like, "Oh my god, you're having preteen girls put juicy on their butts? Like yeah. that is crazy that that was even allowed." I know. And, and yet my parents did allow me, because it was my own money, buy yeah. a Von Dutch trucker hat. And I was like, oh, you couldn't Von have Dutch. told me no for that. I don't know. <laughs> you, you couldn't have stopped me from looking Von. like an idiot. Like, <laughs> I remember spending like 60, probably like $65. Then as a, that was a lot of money for me at that age to be $65 on, on a, a stupid trucker hat. Von Dutch. Oh, Von, Von Dutch. Dutch. So I was coming back. God. So what are you, what are you rating this episode? Um, I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. I'm going to give it a three. Maybe maybe a 2.75. I was going to 3.75. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think just the fact that we... You're like, oh, okay, we're off. Um, I think that we have Harry back. It's a great yes. scene with uh, Samantha. Or not back, but here, um, Miranda. And, and I just yes. kind of love seeing Carrie get called out all Me over too. the place. Me too. You know what? Give it a five. <laughs> yeah, give it a fucking five. Um, next week, we have a big episode. <laughs> and it's because Big is back next episode. Okay. In Sonoma County, right? um no yes that is right this is when they take the train out to san francisco and they go on the big journey this is an interesting one anytime they like leave the the state of new york i'm always i'm always titillated (laughs) just for the filming purposes of it i'm like this is is kind of a very titillated atlantic city very very um (laughs) 
So yeah, thank you guys so much. If you if you hung out for the tail end of this, like mm-hmm. we may have lost you after the AMA. We hope that you, you stuck around for this one. We have only a few episodes left of season five and then we have season six coming up. And so kind of crazy that this is our 100th episode. Wait, Gil, was this, this isn't the 100th episode of the series, right? This is our 100th episode because we've done some like bonus things, this right? Is, this is our 100th episode because also like we did several episodes of and just like that oh shit that's yeah that's yeah, right yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. you're you're absolutely right because <laughs> no, i'm thinking I like damn this show too for a second yeah i was like mm, what are we? yeah <laughs> so thank you so much for all the support for listening for writing in for just supporting this podcast it really means just so much to us as gilly just yawns we're, we're tired <laughs> I'm in the 830 time. Like it's 1130 where you're at. Um, yeah, yeah, you know again, I'm a night owl. Yeah, thanks again. Um, we're so happy to have you guys listen and be a part of this and ask us questions. And um, yeah, we'll see you next time. Our little. Bye, our little sisters, sisterhoods. Bye, our little sisterhoods. Bye. Bye.